You're listening to The Influencer Podcast, episode number 14. In last week's episode, we talked to New York Times bestselling author, blogger, entrepreneur, and survivor, Lauren Scruggs Kennedy, on creating a brand with balance, finding the gift of purpose through tragedy, and how to create boundaries for a healthier life. In this week's episode, photographer Valerie Darling shines her light on us as we explore the world of photography, its impact on the influencer industry, and how to stand out among the saturation. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Hi, influencers, and welcome to today's episode. I am so thrilled to introduce you to the super versatile, dynamic, and heartfelt and relatable Valerie Darling. Valerie is one of the most sought-after lifestyle photographers in the country, specializing in weddings, fashion, and travel based in Los Angeles. She is also an influencer with her travel-based Instagram page at Destination Darling and works consistently with Lauren Conrad on her various branding platforms, including Paper Crown, LC Lauren Conrad, and Little Market. Val has also worked with the stylist LA, many of the fabulous ladies from the Bachelor franchise, and a ton of fashion bloggers. I have also had the privilege of working with Val, and I also get to call her a friend, which is pretty amazing. She has been named one of the Knot's Best of Weddings photographers in 2015, 2016, and 2017, where she has also been published. Other publishing features include People Magazine and Style Us Weekly, and she is a regular contributor to Lauren Conrad's blog, The Little Market. She's truly all things amazing. Her philanthropic work and how she uses her influence to really serve is so inspiring. Val co-founded the first nonprofit organization, Helping Hearts, at the age of 11 and later started the NFPO and Camp SoCal Hearts, which is an arts-based summer camp for foster children here in LA in 2010, which we are going to explore all of that today. So we are about to dive deep into how she, being behind the lens, impacts the influence space as well as in front of the lens and brings about an an infectious joy and passion to growing this world of digital marketing. So welcome, Val. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, thanks for having me, Julie. I'm really excited. And what I am so just excited about too is because we have yet to have a photographer on this podcast. So I think that you're really going to bring about a lot of interesting uh, tidbits and some wisdom today because you do kind of um, work on both sides of the lens, so to speak. And how can we all not smile when we hear your just sweet voice? Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I'm really honored to be the first photographer on the, on the podcast. I am too. I'm so excited. I feel like your energy just shines through the microphone. So um, we can just go ahead and get started. Can you give us a quick background on who you are and how you got to where you are and you know, fill us in on all things um, Valerie Darling? Yes. So I would say that you know my journey to you know, becoming a photographer has not been the straight and narrow road. I definitely had, um, a lot of interests and a lot of irons in the fire, which I think is kind of what led me to realize what I'm best at and what I love the most, which is photography. It was kind of combining all the things that, um, I love into one. And, um, so I feel really lucky that I found it, but, um, moved out to LA actually for acting. So I did have a little bit of, um, take, uh, in front of the camera and, and I was dancing. I, I 
danced at University of Oregon in college. And so that was kind of my dream originally was, was going to move out to LA and give it all a go. And, um, I fell in love with it and the people actually, I feel like it always kind of had a, a bad rap, but I was lucky enough to have a really great experience and have amazing community. So, um, decided, you know, I'm going to stay, but realized that maybe that was not what I was most fulfilled doing. I think part of the reason I was starting that, you know, taking that journey was because I wanted to have, um, I kind of, you know, I saw influencers and I saw actors having these platforms to really, you know, have a voice to do other things in the community. And I, I really wanted to be able to have a platform like that, that I could use for good. So, um, but then I realized, gosh, you know, we are powerful in who we are right now. I don't need to be an actor to, to, you know, start a charity or to, um, you know, give back. So I, my girlfriend and I, we were catering one day and we're like tuna tartar and, um, <laughs> like famous celebrities. And we're like, anyway, so let's start this nonprofit, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, it didn't totally start like that but pretty much. We wanted to kind of figure out a way to get involved in the community because we felt like we were lacking that. So, um, once that started, um, after a couple years, we, so it started as a holiday party. And after a couple years, we realized, um, you know, I was asking all of our favors. We'd kind of run out of all the photographers that, um, that we knew. And I was like, you know what? I really like taking pictures, so maybe I'll do it. And, you know, my, my friends in high school thought I was pretty good. So, um, but I had no idea what I was doing and really didn't, you know, I didn't, I had never had a, a DSLR camera, um, and I was really intimidated by it originally. I think just the mechanics of it, and um, I'm definitely a creative and not like a, a science mind. So of the numbers and it just to me, I was like, gosh, I don't know, but I want to try it. So got my first camera, did the event, it went really well, and then I realized, gosh, like. I want to shoot any and everything. Like who wants to get in front of the lens? So that's kind of where that hobby really grew. And then over time, friends were, you know, referring me out and, and eventually it just kind of turned into a business on accident. Um, eventually I was just like, wow, I'm like doing this full time, not getting paid. Maybe I need to start charging. Um, and yeah, so it kind of grew from there and it's cool because it, it really brought together, um, an amazing community, uh, that, you know, kind of grew my, um, my world in LA. And I love that you talked a little bit about how it just kind of happened because you are essentially self-taught as a photographer then. Yes, definitely. I am. And, but I think with that, it does a lot of self-doubt can come in because it is such a saturated market. And there are so many incredible creatives, especially in LA and any big city, you know, there's going to be so many artists. And, um, and so that was a little intimidating too, is, you know, I have watched friends that who are photographers and have gone to school for it. And it's been something that was, you know, on their heart for their entire life. And so I kind of was like, well, is that like, how can I just come in and be like, yeah, I'm a photographer now. I felt really uncomfortable about that. So I wasn't willing to call myself a photographer for a really long time, but it, you know, with the encouragement of my friends, they were like, no, you're doing like, this is what you're meant to do. And so I'm really grateful again, that I have the friends and family to support me and encourage me that direction. Because at the end of the day, 
now I realize, you know, we all are uniquely positioned to do something. And I do think this is my calling. And, and, you know, maybe just because I didn't go to school doesn't mean that I can't take the best photograph, you know, the best photograph of you because it's all about connection and it's about finding, you know, and that's, what's really exciting for me is being able to almost like when I take a photograph, I want someone, when I give that, those images to them, I want them to see themselves in a different light and see them be like, wow, I never felt so beautiful. And I just feel like with that, you can really almost change someone's life and, and how cool to be a part of people's most intimate treasured moments. So, uh, it's a pretty big honor. It, and I love that you, you call it an honor because it really is to, to be part of someone's transformation and how they see themselves is really fantastic. And I think that one of the reasons why people love working with you is not only because you really are a fantastic photographer, but it really goes back to how relatable that you are and what you just touched on too. I would love to explore a little bit more about that moment when you were testing out photography, but you were like, you know, I, I didn't go for school. You know, I didn't go to school at this. I'm not an expert photographer. I, I kind of feel a little guilty or not enough to, to be called that. So how, yeah. you, I know that you mentioned a little bit like your friends helped you overcome that, but how were you able to really say, you know what, I'm a photographer because I say that I am and I do have, you know, this deck and this experience to now back it up. How were you able to kind of make that shift and start to believe in yourself a little bit more? Yeah, well, you know, there's that saying thoughts become things. So choose the good ones. And it's all about I started to realize I really needed to, you know, I love vision boarding and stuff. And I really needed to just start owning the things that I wanted in my life. And so that they could come into fruition. And, um, yeah, I think that most of my friends were just, you know, like you, like they're publicists, but not necessarily professional ones, but they just, anywhere we'd go, they're like, Oh my gosh, she's an incredible photographer. You have to use her. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, ah, what are you talking about? But in a way it was like, in the beginning it was that. And then I just realized, you know what, this is what I want. And this is like, I, I am like, I think it just, it really actually took, you know, enough trial and error that I, when I started to get it, you know, more consistent, really positive feedback, I was like, you know what, I, I am talented at this and this, I do have a good eye and, um, and embracing that and not looking at it like, you know, we all have unique gifts that we're given. And I just really, I knew that that was what I was my calling and I needed to, um, you know, use that. Uh, totally. And I think too, that, you know, one of kind of an essential key of marketing is what is like, I like to call free marketing. And what I mean by that is that if your quality of work is good and consistent, and if you show up every day with joy in your heart to do what you do, you don't really have to market yourself because everyone around you is going to do that for you. And your tribe is going to build and you're going to get more clients and you're going to get more followers and you're going to get more engagement because you're consistently showing up every day, serving the platform that you already have. And I think that you've done a fantastic job at that. And I would love to know, you know, obviously I think that this is attributed to your success, not only as a photographer, but as an influencer as well. But I would love to ask if, if there is a strategy that you have, you know, be it consciously or not, that kind of helps you navigate this and really 
you know, how have you been able as a photographer to differentiate yourself in this saturated market? I mean, as you know, especially wedding lifestyle and now like fashion and blogger photography is so saturated. Um, How have you been able to really make sure that you stay true to yourself and at the same time, really, you know, showcase what is unique to you and your talent and your gift? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think so much of being successful in this space is really owning you and knowing what your voice is and defining that. I think before you kind of go out and just like, blah, like throw it all out there. I think it's really being clear on what you're promoting and who you are and what, um, yeah, what you want to show the world and, um, what you want to do. So, you know, as a photographer, it's like, you know, maybe it's, I'm just doing weddings or I'm doing wedding and fashion, or I'm the best newborn photographer. Maybe it's honing in on whatever, you know, you know, sets your heart on fire. Um, and as far as like getting into the blogger space, I really, I worked with a couple girls early on and we just had, you know, it was like a consistent weekly, um, shoot with them. And they just became some of my best friends. Cause as busy as we are and as spread out as LA is, I'm seeing them, you know, on a weekly basis. So of course we're going to become really close. Then we're going on trips together. And so naturally there just started to be, you know, some cross promotion happening, um, which I think is really important in the social media space, um, to be doing that. Uh, and then over time you do start realizing like what, you know, what brands are aligned with your, what your morals and what you're putting out there. And so you can start, you know, maybe tagging those things or, um, pitching those companies. And I think that's just really important is again, like being clear on, you know, what kind of like your ecosystem is and what you want to promote and what you want to be seen as. Um, but also, you know, and being authentic to that. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. How much does your intuition play into your work, um, be it photo shoots or kind of, you know, really influencing the decisions that you make? Because I think a lot of, you know, what makes you have such a fantastic eye as a photographer is kind of the intuition of knowing what's going to um, reveal itself that they produce. Definitely. So I always say, especially on wedding days, you know, a lot of 
bloggers, I, we will put together little mood boards, but definitely on a wedding day. So, I mean, it's like a year, sometimes a year and a half of preparation that goes into it. So there's a lot of, you know, pinning happening and a lot of vision boarding. Um, and so I always work with the coordinators and brides to, you know, I want to know the images that move them and the, um, and you know, but based off the venue and the, the you know, the light and the weather that day and the the dress that they chose, I like to be completely inhabited of, of any, I'm like, all right, we made our board. Now let's throw it away because I want to make magical images that other people want to pin and not try to recreate the same thing that you just saw, because that's, I want to tell your story. What is unique to you guys? And that's, you know, the reason you were drawn to that image was because, you know, the wind kicked up that day or it was raining. And so it was just amount of this, you know, dew on the leap, like whatever it is. It's like, if you try to mimic something, it's never going to be, it's not going to have that energy behind it. That is why you were moved to that photo in the first place. So I'm like, all right, cool. So we have our little map of what we love, but now let's make our own magic. And so anytime I'm getting stuck into one, you know, maybe it's, I had a game plan going in of a venue. I'm like, Oh, the light will be great here. And then the light shifts and I'm bringing the whole bridal party out. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, the light sucks. <sighs> and I'm trying to like, okay, let's, we'll make it work. But then I'm like, if I'm holding on to something or I'm too married to an idea I have, I just have to remember, let it go. Trust. And I'm trusting my gut and, and come up with something new because again, that's where the magic happens. I, anytime you're grasping something too tightly, I think, um, you know, it's, it's not always what's, what is going to create the best image or the best situation. Yeah. Or like the best brand brand, because I feel like that there's a lot of influencers out there that do that. They get kind of married to one idea and they're not able to be flexible with it. And, um, Dave Ramsey, who I just absolutely love, he's an author and, um, a radio host and a podcaster and, you know, a billionaire entrepreneur. Um, he does a lot on goal setting. And I remember I went to one of his seminars and one of the things that he was saying to me or saying to everyone there was that, um, when it comes to goal setting, if you have to be flexible within your goal, that doesn't mean that you're not sticking to your goal. You know, or whatever the, you know, what you're envisioning the end result to be. You, in order to manifest something, you actually have to be somewhat flexible within that manifestation because you don't know what God is going to present to you or what the universe is going to present to you in that moment. So I loved what you said about, you know, kind of being open to that idea of, you know, you may have visually an idea or direction of where you want to go, but it's not necessarily going possibly yeah. end up that way and actually could end up even more beautiful or even greater. Exactly. It could be a completely bigger thing that you couldn't even have dreamt of. And if you're so stuck to this one path or this one thing, it's, it might be, you know, holding you back actually. So it's really being open to that and kind of like, yeah, I think you do have to kind of honor your own journey and be kind to yourself in those moments when you're like, wow, this isn't maybe not, like you said, I'm not hitting this you know, specific goal, but in in the grand scheme of things, are you headed in the right direction? Are you, you know, you have to be open enough to listen to, to see where you're being steered as well. Absolutely. And I think also too, it's like, if you're pulling from an idea that's already been done, that's already been done. 
Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> why don't you create something? I mean, we're not, none of us are reinventing the wheel, but like make it unique to you. It's not about being better. It's just about being unique to you. And I think that that really goes into my next question that I want to talk to you about so badly, because as you know, with photography, it plays such a massive role in the career of a blogger, um, you know, of, a, of an influencer who is using visual elements of photography to represent what the message that they're trying to create. So we know how important photography is in this space, but I would love to hear from you as the expert. What are some things that you've been seeing for the past couple of years or some things that stand out that you're like, this has got to stop, like stop shooting this certain way or stop doing it this certain way. And and, and not necessarily in a critical standpoint, but if you could just tell me from more of an, of an expert standpoint in terms of a theme of like, we're limiting ourselves from a visual creative standpoint, if we keep doing this one, two, three, four, five things? Yeah. Um, I would say, gosh, that's a really good question. Um, because I think for me coming in as a photographer, it's one of those things too, like I, I'm honoring their brand and their, uh, voice in that moment. So I want to always be, keep their brands consistent and not necessarily, um, you know, like one of my, the bloggers I shoot would never be in nature. She's like, I don't know if we're going downtown. We're doing like, um, you know, like I weren't really like moody, whatever dark, like concrete. And then my other blogger girlfriends, like we're doing bougainvillea and all the florals and all the, you know, so I think it's smart to stick to your brand, um, you know, and have a cohesive feed. But I also think, you know, I remember actually when you, you know, were, um, a part of, of realizing what your true calling was and it's being the, uh, the publicist and knowing that you have this unique knowledge of like how to pitch and, and whatnot. And so I think, and, and not getting stuck in the, Oh, we all are, let's fashion is easy. Cause I can do the next outfit. You know, it's like, what is actually making your blog unique? What is actually your voice? What sets you apart from the next blogger and knowing like that little extra something that is going to, make you connect to a bigger audience, um, and not getting kind of stuck in the world of like, Oh, well, I just need to get something up. So let me just throw this outfit on. And I think it's really, again, being conscious of your brand and the bigger picture. Um, because it would be, yeah, it's a disservice to you if it was just, you know, basically kind of following the game plan of everyone else. I think we get the comparison game is so, it's just, it's hard not to get sucked into. Um, and so I think it's really being strong in knowing that you are the only person that can be the best you, you, you know, no one else can be you. So be the best version of you that you can be. And what is it, you know, cover bands don't have fans. So yeah, I think that's, that's true. So just <laughs> seeing too much of maybe trying to force certain looks or certain visuals because they think that, okay, well, if that's working for all these other influencers and bloggers, then I'll just yeah. do that without really yeah. kind of discovering who they are as a brand. Yeah. I think if it's just like, Oh, Oh, that wall on that girl's blog did well, or, you know, it's not necessarily about like the location or whatever. It's about like, you know, what, again, like what sets you apart, whether it's your style or like, you know, creating, having like a real authentic moment. I think that's it. I think, you know, 
brand consumers are rejecting anything that's not authentic. I think a lot of bloggers are actually saying that their iPhone images occasionally are getting more engagement because the consumer feels like that is more real than this professional, beautiful image. Sometimes it feels like that's more real life. And so they're kind of like, Oh, I want to see more of that. So it's, I do think it's important to kind of keep the consistency in a beautiful, you know, brand or like cohesive feed. But I think there is something to say of like, let's not just like go to the hotel stage, uh, like a prop prop out all this thing that this let's actually like, do the thing, enjoy it and, and capture that rather than like live for the shot. It's like really live in the moment and then let that, that there's going to be so much more energy and magic in that shot. That's gonna, you know, everyone can like, you know, recreate the same thing that they've seen. So it's like creating your own energy, bring something new to the table and actually, you know, enjoying it, like enjoying life. I think people can, sense that when they see a photo, there's true energy behind it or, or, or it's kind of falls flat. Absolutely. And I think that the authenticity is so key. And a lot of times people will ask me like, okay, well, but how do I get authentic? Like, how do I know if if I'm being authentic, what is authentic to me? And I think that that's when the person has to really kind of dive deep and figure out, you know, their heart and, you know, their audience and really what their audience is needing from them. But, you know, like I feel like, you know, if I see one more, photo of like the wings, the purple wings in LA that are on the walls that like, that's not being authentic. I'm going to scream because before (laughs) bloggers, like no one went up to that wall and put that photo up. Um, you know, I think that there's ways that you, of course, if you're a fashion blogger, you need to show out, show off the outfit. So there's going to have to be certain looks and movements that you need to do in that, but not everyone needs to cut off their face and just show the outfit or not. Everyone has to like do the side smile. Not everyone has to do like the, the, the I'm walking away and then I'm turning back looking at you. Like there's, uh, there's other ways to showcase movement in photography without just doing what everyone else is doing. Can you share with, if there's influencers or bloggers out there that or saying, you know, I'm kind of new to this. Maybe I've never even worked with a photographer. Um, oh, what are some tips that you can give them that would help them learn more or even work better with a photographer? Should they go to magazines for inspiration if they don't really know what their brand is? Um, what can you kind of help to guide them? Yeah, I mean, I always think it's great to kind of create a mood board, Um for, you know, once you get your clothes together and get an idea, it's always nice to kind of figure out what's going to look nice on like, honest, if you have like a busy background, you want to be in kind of more of like a solid, um, outfit. So it's things like just knowing that and the photographer will obviously like direct you, but also I think having a connection with your photographer is so important. So, um, you know, kind of do a little speed dating with some photographers and see who you connect with. And you should want to like, you know, hang out and be friends with the person you're, um, who's capturing you, you know, because they're going to bring out the most authentic you. They're going to make be able to make you laugh and they're going to be able to, you know, see your most genuine smile. Um, if you feel uncomfortable and the photographer is not able to kind of get your, help you drop your guard, then it's, it's going to be really apparent in the photos that you are uncomfortable and it's not going to play well. So I think it's really, again, about, um, you know, it's not like about practicing in the mirror or anything. It's about having that connection and that relaxed energy with the person you're, 
you're working with. Yeah. Cause I think that that also builds trust and confidence because especially if it's your first few times, like doing photos, like it is awkward, you know, and you may not feel fully confident in your body or in the clothes that you're wearing or in, you know, the movement. And what's so amazing about you, Val, why we all love working with you is because you are a master at direction and you're so fast with it. And you know, you just have an eye for it. Um, but I remember kind of like laughing to myself, but kind of more of like, just, it was kind of like a really cool, like, you know, I was like, uh, just people watching. I went, me and my family went to the ice cream museum, which by the way, is a photographer's dream. Um, dying to check it out. Yes. It's, it's amazing. But we went there for mother's day and I remembered seeing there was, I don't know if they were a couple or if they were brother and sister or what it was, but she was clearly like a blogger influencer. But I remember she was like cussing him out for not like she would like pose and smile. And then they were speaking a different language. So I didn't know what she was saying, but just from the body language alone, I could see that she was like so mad at him for either not getting the shot the way that she wanted it or not like whatever was going on between their energy. But I remember me and my husband, Jonathan, were kind of laughing because we're like, oh, like, I I think that everyone can relate to that, especially with like, a friend or like a spouse when you try to like get them to, to take your photos. But what I've learned is the more just free you are in those moments and the more natural you are in those moments, the better shot you're going to get. Like I've realized the less that I pose, the less that I try to force a certain position and the more that I'm just free with myself or if it's my son that I'm shooting with or my family, the photo by far comes out better than any other thing that I could have ever tried to force. Yes, definitely. Um, again, and yeah, you, that's, oh gosh, that's like, what are they? The Instagram husbands or the, yes. Yeah. That that's just like, Oh gosh, I I kind of cringe at the thought of, yeah, it's like, yeah, again, you want to like actually enjoy the plate. Like I look at those accounts of people in these, incredibly romantic, beautiful spaces. And it's like, they're having a picnic out on the, like, you know, out of the desert with two camels tied up. And you're like, Oh my God, so dreamy. But you're like, kind of like kind of chuckling to yourself. Cause you're thinking, okay, like, so is that like up on a tripod and you know, and they're running into photo and then like looking long and lap. Like I just hope that, you know, that you're, they're also really enjoying those locations and stuff. Cause they're definitely creating some, some envy and, um, you know, and wonderlust. But I think that it should also, I would hope that, you know, everyone's actually like enjoying the process and being in the moment and not just living completely for your feed, you know? Yeah. That's a great, I, I love what you just said about that. That's perfect. Not living completely for your feed. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit um, to talking about the fantastic traveling that you are so blessed to do. Um, I know that you have a travel handle on on Instagram now that's at Destination Darling, so people can head over there right now and look at all the fantastic photos that you get to capture while you're traveling, but... I know that one of the, it's one of your favorite things about your job. And I know that you get to actually travel with Lauren Conrad and her team a lot around the world for her nonprofit, The Little Market. You get to really go to these just fantastic places. Like, you'll tell me where you're going. I'm like, I didn't even know that that was in, existed. Um, (laughs) But you get to capture some really amazing um, art and creative work from these women around the world. And you get to capture their stories. And it's such a, a beautiful 
you know, way to share your, your work. So I would love if you could share with us a little bit about how, you know, working with Lauren's nonprofit, The Little Market, and really how travel overall has started to impact the way that you see your world as a photographer and as an influencer. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, travel has always been a huge passion of mine and I was like, I would work to travel. Um, and I made a commitment to myself after college that I would do at least two weeks somewhere, um, that I'd never been each year. And I kind of have kept that up and, and then some, you know, so now I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just want to be home for a little bit. But, um, but I was so grateful that, um, when I got to start working with more of, of Lauren's, um, brands over time and then, you know, transitioning into little market and, and all their travels, what's really cool is it's an experience that most travelers wouldn't get to experience because you're, it's, you're going into these remote villages and, um, you know, witnessing these, these art forms that are kind of dying art, you know, it's like, it'll be like way up in the hills and, you know, the North of Thailand and they're doing, um, you know, like a dyeing technique that is dying out or a weaving technique. And it's things like that, um, because people don't have access to buy it, you know, they're not able to sell their goods at fair wages. And so with little market, they're giving them a platform to do that and make a fair living and, and maybe send their kids to college, you know, first generation and domestic violence is going down because there's a power shift in the home because the women are bringing in more now, um, than men and just hearing their stories of, of struggle. And then, um, you know, what this platform little market has given their family and them. It's so, it's so humbling and emotional to be a part of and to see, and then to be able to capture those stories and and tell these women's stories. So it's definitely the most rewarding part of my job. Um, you know, and I just feel really, really, um, you know, blessed that I get to, to be a part of, of that and really get into these, you know, intimate moments of, of, um, family sharing what their journey has been, because it really, I think that traveling and, and witnessing other cultures and, and, um, and meeting people on that kind of heart level, you really, I think it makes for better global citizens. You know, you kind of, you have a better understanding and, um, and you know, the world I think seems less scary too. Like you're just getting a better understanding of different cultures and people. And so I just think everyone should travel I and buy fair trade goods. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it, it does. I love seeing the world through your eye, through your lens, because it does, it is such a good reminder, first off of how beautiful this world is. And mm -hmm. second off to remind us all that, you know, none of us are alone and we're all the same. <laughs> we're all human beings with struggles and issues. And, you know, it's, it's so true. Um, yeah. and I love that and you get, go ahead. I was going to say, and it definitely, it puts things into perspective too. coming home. It's like, wow, we are so lucky. And, you know, it's just, I, I always put things into perspective for me. That's for sure. Totally. And I remember, um, one of my favorite authors, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote eat, pray, love. Oh, she yeah. talked about one time when she was traveling, cause she has traveled the world. She used to be a travel writer before yeah. she became, you know, more of a, a memoir and novelist still is a travel writer. Um, but she was talking about how she had just left 
some like war torn country. And I mean, the, these were refugees that had just been through so much. And she was in one of the refugee camps, you know, kind of documenting their story. And she said, I will never forget that so many of the women there were, were talking about, you know, so-and-so just broke up with me. I don't know what to do. He, you know, I haven't seen him, you know, he hasn't been in the, to the village in a few weeks. I don't know where he went. And she was sitting here th- talking about like, even though they had ju- just gone through something so insanely traumatic and they're in this war torn situation, they're refugees right now in a refugee camp. They're still talking about these innate issues that we all have as like women. You know, it's like they have like boy problems, you know, (laughs) I remember thinking like how, yeah, like how, um, how much that connects us just at that innate level of, you know, we're, we're moms, we're sisters, where we have struggles, where, you know, whatever those things are and to not downplay the horrible situations that they might've gone through, but it was really to kind of, you know, um, inclusify us and, and bring us together. Yeah. So very Nothing very like cool. boy drama to bring us together. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and I know you also have your nonprofit called Camp So Call Hearts, which I got to come down and see in yeah. person um, probably around Christmas because I remember we were doing a ton of Christmas decorations. Yes, it was yeah, so much fun. Camden. I did. <laughs> I brought my son and he had the best time playing. Um, so I know that Camp So Call Hearts is a performing arts-based summer camp for foster kids and at-risk youth in South Central LA which is yeah. so needed. How have you found that that's, you know, that's added value, not only in their lives, of course, I see the amazing work that you're doing, but how that adds value to your work as a photographer that you get to share their stories through how you document that? Yeah. I mean, being a part of, of, of that and seeing like, really I've gotten to see a lot of those kids grow up, which is pretty amazing knowing that a lot of them have been bounced from home to home and do have really inconsistent lives, um, at home lives. Um, but that again, I'm just, I get to teach the photography portion during camp and getting to see the world through their lens is pretty incredible. Um, that's really, so I love documenting their story, but I, my favorite thing about it is being able to share my love of photography and hand the camera over to them and let them go out. You know, we'll give little assignments like I spy something green and then go interpret that, whether it's the grass, whether it's someone's eyes, whether it's the, you know, the mural on the wall and like watching them tell their stories with their photos and how they put together their shot lists. And it's so cute. And, um, but it really just makes me like, I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm always blown away by the talents that's there and in the course of a week, how much they accomplish. And by the end of it, we do a talent show and, you know, there's kids that were so shy, they won't even say their name and, um, they'll maybe have just been switched into a foster care situation the day before camp or something. And they're in a new home or, you know, they were separated from, you know, it's just some really, you know, uh, some situations that I cannot even begin to imagine and to be so young and have already experienced so much of that. They're so resilient. And over the course of the week, seeing them then get up on stage and, um, you know, singing a song that they wrote or doing their, showing their photography, their photos off. It's so incredible. Um, and those are the moments where I feel like, okay, they did learn something, but there was, but I more, I just feel like to me, 
we get as volunteers get so much more back than anything we could ever give the kids. It's, you know, my mom always said, if you're having a bad day, go do something nice for someone else. And I think that that's so true that, you know, it's like you think you're giving back or whatever, but really it's like, I'm getting way more out of it than they are. So I'm just being selfish. (laughs) Well, I know that you love LA because of all the amazing community work that you do here and the fact that you live here. Um, but I want to do a kind of a little quick round of travel before we um, jump on into the next topic of stuff I want to yeah. chat with you about. Uh, your favorite place you've ever been? Oh, gosh. Haiti. Haiti. And why? The North Coast of Haiti. Well, for a couple of reasons. Um, <laughs> and I <laughs> fell in love there. Um, so that was kind of fun. But it was literally, I mean, it was so unexpected. Um, it was the North Coast of Haiti is so beautiful and the people were incredible. It just felt like this, um, really, I mean, I I think I was just so unexpected. Um, and the culture was unreal. And since there isn't a lot of tourism there, um, it was just, it's neat to, to be a a part of, of like kind of seeing it in in its infancy, I guess. Okay. Um, what is the two things? the must have international place an influencer should go and you know, for, for the visual aspect, the photography okay. aspect of it, and then the must have U S domestic. Okay. So I would say for, I would say, um, a Thailand for the jetting like rocks out of the water. So the islands like Kofi or Kosamui, they're just dramatic, incredible. They're like jetting out of the water. It's unreal. Or maybe like Paris in spring with the cherry blossoms. I mean, it's just so pretty. Um, and then domestic, I would say, Oh my gosh. I mean, I guess it kind of depends, I guess what you feel, but like, um, the Canyon slots in Arizona, um, or, or like New York city. I just love New York city. It's amazing. (laughs) There's just that. Yeah. Pulse. Love it. That vibe. And you can pretty much find anything you need there. Um, what if there is a mom listening or someone out there who is passionate about photography, but hasn't really dived into it and wants to buy like their first camera, either for like their child or for themselves, what would you recommend is like, okay, this is like a good, pretty affordable, like start. Yeah. So my first camera was the rebel, the Canon rebel T3i, which is a really like a lightweight camera. It's under a thousand dollars. I actually got it for like $250. I think it's because it was like on sale on sale, but I think that they're around like 800 ish. Um, so they're pretty affordable. The first thing I always say though, anytime you're getting a, your, a DSLR camera, the kit lens that it comes with is just, you, you might as well just throw it away. I mean, don't, <laughs> but like, you're not going to produce the most epic images with it. So, um, I prefer prime lenses, which means it doesn't zoom in or out. It's just a fixed lens, fixed focal point. Um, and the fixed 50, they call them the nifty 50. It's, you can get a plastic one for around a hundred dollars. It's again, really light too. So it's easy for travel and, you know, to pop in your purse. Um, and it produces the most beautiful images. It's supposed to be the most truest to your port, like, um, 
photo, like quality and, um, photo, there's no distortion. So there's not gonna be any stretch or anything that, um, it'll be your truest portrait, but it also creates, you know, beautiful, like bokeh and it's amazing for food photography and detail shots. So, you know, you're going to have to like move around a lot with it. It's not that zoom that a lot of people are comfortable with, but I really love it. Cause again, it kind of makes you move and see things differently and get creative. So I would say that any of the rebel series are great starter cams. Um, but again, I'm a Canon girl, so I'd recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> are there any just quick editing apps? And this may just be like a no, no for a photographer. So if it is, let me know, but any editing apps that you love or any way that someone out there could make their photo pop on their feed more, any tips in that way? Yeah. So I would definitely say, um, yeah, again, having that consistent feed is so important. So choosing one filter and sticking to it is really important. Um, I use Visco cam or VSCO. Um, and there, I think I, it's F2, I believe that I use, you can find, you know, there's different packages. So I would find one that kind of feels right to you. And then you can adjust the, uh, opacity. So I like to do it at a very low opacity. And occasionally I just do that for my, like if I'm throwing in an iPhone image or something and I want it to kind of match the flow of my, you know, professionally shot and edited images. Um, so I would say that, um, but yeah, again, like honing in whatever, you know, editing strategy was working for you, like whatever result you like, and then copying that on every single image you do. So there is like a cohesive process and look. Um, but other people love Snapseed. It's like, is your feed known for the pop of color? Is it known for the muted tones? Is it, you know, um, yeah. So knowing that and then kind of creating your editing style to fit that. Awesome. I love those tips. Thank you. Um, I think a lot of people are gonna, are gonna appreciate that. Um, I want to, uh, talk a little bit about struggles for a moment. Um, how do you keep from taking any criticism that you may receive, whether it's from yourself or from (laughs) outside of yourself about your work or brand, not so personal? Um, and maybe personal is not the right word because we we're human, so we can't help but to take things personal, but really how to not take it you know, so to heart that you, um, that you kind of get into that self-deprecating space? Like how do you continue to still grow, even though there may be criticism about you or your work out there? Yeah. Um, I would say that, you know, again, it's knowing that like, you're not going to be the right photographer for everyone. So I think with me, when maybe that would set in is, you know, if let's say I was up for a wedding and I'm meeting a client and then they decide to go with someone else, you know, in the, in the past I might be like, Oh dang, I really, you know, love them. I wanted to work with them, but I'm realizing like, there's so much work to go around first of all. And for me, it's all about, I want that client to be so excited about whoever they're going to work with and really trust in me. And, and so whoever they're going with, I'm, I, I like, I'm now more choosy and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be the perfect fit for everyone. Everyone's not going to be the perfect client for me. So I now go into the meetings and feel like, is this, you know, is this a mutual thing? Are we going to do this? Um, And so I'm kind of a little bit more okay with like not getting those jobs and and just being glad that they really found someone that they're really excited about and they feel a connection with. Um, And, and with photos too, I think, 
you know, there's moments where maybe I don't hear back, like I'll send the sneak peek and I'll be so excited. And then I'm like, I haven't heard anything for an hour. Oh my God. Like, you know, maybe they didn't even check their inbox or something, but I will have moments where, yeah, self-doubt's coming in. Like they hate them. They don't, they're going to fire me, you know, like, I don't know, but I needed, I, again, now focus. I use actually meditation a lot now to start my mornings. So I feel like those thoughts, don't really, I don't allow those thoughts to come in as much as I did in the beginning. Um, because I, again, like I have that trust with, um, with my client with, you know, the people I'm working with so that I know that they hired me for a reason. They trust me and they're going to love the images because we created them together. And I'm, I'm always really proud of what I'm giving someone. So I'm really, now I feel really confident in what I'm giving them. And I just always have to remind myself too, that like, every image isn't going to be like the one they put up on the mantle, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's that there are those magic ones in there and that's what matters, you know? So, and it's telling that the, the full story. So that's, what's kind of fun. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's kind of, I guess meditation is something that's helped kind of ground me in those and keeping those thoughts at bay. Um, And also again, like not doing the comparison game and just knowing that, you know, we all are, you know, unique and, and valuable in our own right. And, and, and to trust in that and, and, um, and yeah, it's all going to unfold the way it's supposed to. Um, I love that you talked about meditating because I was actually going to ask you if, I wanted to talk about your day and if you could kind of set the frame for us a little bit and tell us what a typical day looks like for you, even though every day is different and how you set each day up for success. So I would love to start with that meditation. I don't know if you do it in the morning or or not, but what, what the meditation is, if, if there's like a program that you use, there's actually an app that I use called Headspace. Um, but yeah, like how, how that looks for you and if there's any kind of like you know, program that you use for that and then how that kind of sets your day up for success. And then if you have any other kind of rituals or just daily, you know, things that you do. Yeah. So I used to go straight to my phone when I woke up and get right into emails. And I feel like I had a busy mind. So I'd jump from one thing to the next and I wouldn't necessarily like ever really, I'd feel like, wow, the whole day has gone. What have I like, what have I done? You know, like, I guess I edited here and I sent those emails out, but I never really felt cause I wasn't necessarily like consciously switching to the next thing. Um, so yeah, I've kind of, um, switched my morning routine in the last year. And, um, I obviously love podcasts like yours. Uh, one of the podcasts I listen to is a woman named Tara Brock and she does guided meditations and then also just has, um, talks on different topics that, have really just resonated with me. So I, I think there's so many out there and it's really important to find something that works for you. Like you found headspace and that also, I love headspace too. So, um, but yeah, I've just found uh, comfort in her voice and her message. And in the morning I just, you know, sit up, I, I've tried the ones where I'm like laying down and a lot of times that means I just fall back asleep because she's got <laughs> soothing voice. So, um, I had my office, uh, my other room, is kind of set up to be like the Zen den and it has some like wisdom books and meditation cushions and candles and stuff. And it's just kind of a quiet space to get centered for the start of the day. And, and what's nice is there's 10 minute ones, there's 20 minute ones. So it's like whatever, however much time you have to commit. I just think it's really important to kind of ground yourself going into the day. And, um, yeah. And then from there it's, it's pretty much right into 
you know, maybe like a smoothie and some email and, um, edits and, um, and then I'll have like a shoot around, you know, early afternoon, evening, magic hour kind of time. Um, but yeah, it's definitely ever changing. That is for sure. (laughs) I know. I feel like every day it's like, I don't even know what continent you're on. (laughs) Which is so cool. Um, So before we wrap this up, just a couple of more questions. I would love to know what photographers or influencers or just people that you really find motivating and inspiring are really hitting the mark for you right now on social media. Yeah. So I would say one of my friends, um, Rich Lander of Chard Photography, he's down in Orange County. And he's just got like such a cool, like you see one of his photos and you're like, Oh, I know that's Rich's photos. Like he definitely has a mark with his imagery and, um, and they're just like, they're very beautiful, totally different style than mine. But I love, I'm always so inspired by photographers that have really defined their voice and, um, and he's, his skies are like unreal for sure. Um, but yeah. So I love, I definitely love his, his stuff. Um, I was lucky enough to, I actually shot with him like under him, which I don't really do, but I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to do a day with working with you. Um, and that was, we shot Haley Page's wedding in Tahoe and she's a wedding dress designer. So she had like four dresses during her wedding. It was so beautiful. Two ceremonies. Um, it was on the cover of, um, the knot, that year. I think that was like, gosh, like two years ago, but it was fun just to like see him in his element and work. And it was a cool experience for me to experience, you know, how someone else kind of sets up their wedding day. And, um, yeah, so I, I love his stuff. Um, gosh, other photographers, um, Jenna Kutcher, I just started listening to her podcast gold digger, um, which I think you actually turned me on to now that I think of it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I love, I love what she has to say. And like, and I think her images are, are equally, you know, beautiful. Um, and, and I think she really has an like authentic voice. Like when I, you know, see what she's talking about and like her personal journey and things that she's going through, I think that that's so important to connect to your audience. Um, and I feel like the more you share, the more you get back. So, um, I think she's done a really good job of, of building her community and, um, and, you know, connecting with that, with them. Yeah. Her podcast is, is very inspiring. Yes. Yeah. She brings on amazing creatives and, and, um, yeah, so it's, it's another one I listen to. Awesome. Well, one last question before we wrap this up, and it's a question that I ask everyone who comes on the show. Um, what does influence mean to you? Great question. Uh, influence to me means having the opportunity to share, your passions and view, um, you know, with your audience to create the world that you seek. I love that. Oh, well, Val, if you just thank you so much, I want everyone to know that if, if they're listening today, where can everyone find you online? I know that at destination darling is fantastic for your travel photos, but what about, um, camp SoCal hearts? If they want to learn more about that, the little market, where else can people find you and everything that you do? 
Yeah. Well, my main um, social media platform is my name, Valerie Darling, spelled with an O. Um, and then the latest travel one, as you mentioned, I just launched Destination Darling. And and then we have Camp SoCal Hearts for the nonprofit. And then, yeah, you'll regularly see my images on laurenconrad.com and The Little Market. But, um, but yeah, mainly I, I keep it up on, keep it up on Instagram. <laughs> awesome. So at Valerie Darling and at Destination Darling will be the yes. two. Awesome. Well, if you are listening today and you want to dive deeper into this conversation, I would love for you to check out the show notes of this episode where I lay out some of the most important takeaways and tips and links that Val drove home for us today. And you can find those show notes at www.theinfluencerpodcast.com. Val, thank you again. You are such a trailblazer in this industry and such a supporter for influencers in this space. And I really do appreciate everything that you're doing. And I'm so excited to see what's more to come with all of your travel expansion. So thank you so much. Thank you. Are you ready to create your own industry leading influence? For show notes, downloads and action based tips, head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode, guest and our host Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.